Hello, and welcome to this evening's episode of the Ranting Redneck Podcast. I want to, as always, thank everyone that's taken the time out to listen to our previous shows, and hopefully you've been a little bit entertained and a little bit informed, and I know it's been a lot of fun for me. I hope you've enjoyed it, too. This evening, we... I had commented on social media that I was going to roll the snowball down the hill on this vehicle mileage task. And you'll hear me use that snowball down the hill expression quite a bit because that's how things in Washington are now. It, you know, there's nothing that starts and finishes the way the same. It's all, it starts one place and just rolls down Capitol Hill and the snowball gets bigger and gets worse and, you know, ends up destroying everything in its path. And this is absolutely no different. The, what we're discussing there is a proposal, and it's been passed around on social media that they're wanting to tax personal vehicles, eight cents per mile for every mile driven, and uh, more for for larger vehicles. And which actually, in reality, what is in this, quote-unquote infrastructure bill is funding for a pilot program that would test the viability of a per mileage per mile vehicle tax the problem with a lot of this you know they say this is a pilot program it's going to use volunteers from all 50 states and they're going to try to determine the viability of it but you know that if this pilot program isn't an absolute complete and total train wreck that when they see a chance to generate more revenue they're going to jump on it like dogs on a three-legged cat they're they're not going to pass on a chance to generate revenue and have more money in their piggy bank what this pilot program is if this is passed from 2022 to 2026 there will be a test done using volunteers and i'm not really sure what moronic idiot would volunteer to pay a per mile tax on their vehicles, but using volunteers from all 50 states and tracking and taxing the mileage on their vehicles. Now, there's a lot of concerns from this, and I mean a lot. The one of the major, major concerns is how is this going to be tracked you know how are they going to know the mileage on your vehicles the least objectionable way for this to be done was once a year you would have to take your vehicle to a federally certified inspector and get a certified odometer reading that would be turned in to pay this with this tax that and i say that's the least objectionable yes it means you would have to once a year go get your vehicle inspected or you know but far and away it is the least objectionable because the other methods are some sort of data app possibly on a phone or some sort of gps device that's mandated on vehicles that would track your mileage and the downside of this is you know the privacy concerns there are just horrible it's You know, if they have a GPS device to record your mileage, it's also probably going to record everywhere you go. Every bit of travel you do will 100% be tracked, recorded, and be accessible, you know, at a later date in time. That 
the privacy concern there is just ridiculous. This is, you know, more of Uncle Sam wanting to peek under your skirt without having to buy you dinner to begin with. And, and a data app for your phone would be much the same way. You know, it would, would track your location as well as your mileage. Um, the, this creates so many different problems. If this becomes a full-time program, not only the expense of it, you know, I mean, you're talking about if you drive 20 miles a day to work, that's 200 miles a week. That's about 10,400 miles a year at eight cents per mile. You are paying mm, quick math, $830 a year, just to be able to drive your vehicle to and from work. The other side of this, this is basically an attempt to find a way to tax rural voters, you know, which who tend to vote conservative. You, if you look at election demographics, there are no blue states, there are blue cities. Metropolitan areas tend to vote Democrat and by and large rural areas tend to vote Republican or conservative, you know, and along with that in cities, you have mass transit, you have public transportation, you have city buses, you have trains, you have whatever. You do not have that in rural areas and in rural areas more often than not, you know, in cities, you see a lot of kind of insular neighborhoods. You see people that a lot of people that live and work in a fairly small radius, whereas in rural areas, there tends to be more of a commute to work because you're looking for better employment. You want that employer that's going to have benefits, going to have better wages. And sometimes that requires a drive. So rural, rural workers tend to drive just going to and from work. A lot of times more miles than people that live in suburban and metropolitan areas will drive in a year. And that's only traveling to and from work. So what this is, is this is a very convenient way to try to tax red voters, you know, a very discriminatory tax. And it also, you know, Joe Biden had made the comment during the election and he still tried to claim that's the case. We all know it's bullshit that if you make under $400,000 a year, he's not going to raise your taxes. It's not going to affect you. Well, this affects everybody. You know I mean? It... It's just crazy the amount of people that are going to be paying a tax they can't afford. You know, if you're somebody that works somewhere for $11 an hour and all of a sudden you've got an extra $1,500 you've got to pay in taxes, well, that's a month's paychecks. I mean, that that's literally what that comes to, you know, is your take-home pay for a month. That That's not something that people can afford to do. You know, that's another another thing in the way of this snowball is it as it rolls down the hill, you know, and ostensibly they're claiming that the, they're looking at a per mile tax to compensate for loss of revenue from the federal gas tax, which is currently at 18.4 cents a gallon on regular gasoline and 24 cents a gallon on diesel, 18.4 and 24.4 respectively with vehicles being more fuel efficient today, which is, you know, I thought was their goal. They want, want to see less emissions. Well, a more, more efficient vehicle has lower emissions. 
it also pays less revenue in gas taxes. And with the growing popularity of electric vehicles, all of a sudden there's a big bunch of revenue that's not being generated. And ostensibly, they claim that this is to, to make up for that revenue. Well, here's the thing. They're, the current tax on a gallon of gasoline federally is 18.4 cents. So now they say, well, we're not making, you know, as much revenue due to more efficient vehicles. Okay, say you had a, a vehicle that was 50, made 15 miles a gallon years ago. Now you have one that pays 30. Yes, you're paying half as much money in, in federal gas tax. But now all of a sudden, if they say we're going to charge you eight cents a mile to drive your vehicle, that's $2.40 all of a sudden that you can just add to every gallon of gas that you buy. When you pull up to that pump and you look at that price on that pump, add $2.40 to it. You know, I mean, it, for every 10 mile to the gallon that your vehicle gets, you're paying an extra 80 cents in federal gas tax. Essentially, is what this amounts to. Yeah, they call it a per mile tax. So what they're doing is all of a sudden they're, you know, depending on what, what kind of mileage your vehicle gets, they're anywhere from, you know, okay, quadrupling this tax to realistically with higher efficiency vehicles, all of a sudden that tax increases by a factor of 20 the amount of revenue this would create is just absolutely ridiculous. And you know, like I said, once they see the revenue this can generate, there's no way they're going to let go of it. There's no way they're going to say, well, it's not feasible because it's an administrative nightmare. It's, you know, the amount of data that has to be processed for paying this tax, the, the hardship that it puts on lower income rural families. They're not going to look at any of that. They're going to look at those dollars and go, Cha-ching. Hey, we found us a little cash cow. Let's let's just keep milking this, you know. And commercial vehicles, if you look at trucks on the road, you know, commercial trucks, they already pay something called a heavy highway use tax. And or a heavy vehicle use tax. That amount varies by how the truck is licensed. If you look at most of the, you know, tractor trailers you see on the road are licensed for 80,000 pounds. Beginning at 75,000 pounds and up, that heavy highway tax is $550 a year. Now, if they use this same formula for passenger cars, you know, that they're talking about on a commercial vehicle. Commercial vehicles run, you know, these big trucks that you see on the highway run 120 to 150,000 miles a year. Eight cents per mile. That's between eight and $12,000 additional tax that those trucks have to pay in a year. Now, all of a sudden, once again, snowball rolling down the hill, these transportation companies are going to look and they're going to go, okay, we're having to pay, you know, they've just basically cut eight cents a mile off our rates is what happens. So we're going to have to get paid more money to do that. Well, the person that makes commodity they're transporting is going to say, well, our transportation cost went up. So now we have to charge more to our customer. Customer says, oh, now it's costing us more. Our customer's going to have to pay that. All of a sudden, retail, you're looking at, you know, 
a ridiculous amount of inflation just due to the cost of transporting goods because suddenly they felt they needed a vehicle mileage tax. It's it's the kind of thing that, you know, like they used to bypass things. I'm not going to raise your taxes if you make under $400,000. I'm going to let you on a secret. I make way under $400,000 a year. And this would certainly affect me. You know, it would affect almost every family unless you just live three blocks from where you work and you walk or take public transportation. If you own a car, this affects you. And the amount of revenue this could generate, I have not done the math. But even with a pilot program, you know, it's it's going to be crazy. It's not going to take a whole lot of volunteers in a pilot program to suddenly surpass the federal, what the revenue generated by a federal gas tax and a federal tax on diesel. It's just not going to take much. And I, I understand that it takes money to build infrastructure in the country. And, you know, I understand the country doesn't run for free, but I also understand that this country ran for years with out a federal income tax. And I also understand that we spend, send hundreds of billions of dollars a year overseas, literally hundreds of billions of dollars a year. And there's absolutely no reason for this. You know, we have too many things in our country that we need to fix to be sending. I understand, you know, if there's a disaster somewhere or countries that we have mutual defense pacts with, I understand things like that where, those agreements may say, hey, we're going to help your, you know, help you out with this or that. In return, you know, if we hit, shit hits the fan, we work together. But just randomly, all these countries that hate us, we send, send money to the Palestinians every year. And the Palestinians absolutely despise us. You know, we have Palestinians in our government now. And they make it very clear they despise this country, or specifically one. That would be Representative Rashida Tlaib from Michigan. You know, she's made it very clear she can't stand this country. And I'm a big fan of if you don't like this country and you're dissatisfied, there are borders that you can cross the other direction. But, you know, the amount of revenue this country the these spending bills are just crazy i mean 1.5 trillion 3.5 trillion these are numbers that the average person can't even fathom you know you have to sit there and count in your head to know how to write these kind of numbers down on paper oh shit that's you know 12 zeros and but it, our government has just decided that that's the kind of money they should have in their piggy bank at all times to just do with whatever they want and we've got to contact our elected representatives and let them know that this is not something that is viable, that is feasible. You know, there's, especially in its current iteration, eight cents per mile. So that trip that you decided to take your family on for the weekend that you had to drive a hundred miles may not sound like much, but suddenly you're paying an extra $16 for that trip. And that adds up, you know, like I said, over the course of a year, it's 800 and some odd dollars just to drive your truck, your vehicle to and from work. If you live 20 miles from where you work, well, that $800 is, that's a lot of money for gas. That's a lot of groceries. That's a lot of utility bills. You know, that 
And that's just more money being taken out of your pocket because the government thinks that they have to be able to spend trillions of dollars at a time. They can't can't create a streamlined spending bill. You know, once again, everything's a snowball. It starts out and just rolls its way down Capitol Hill and demolishes everything in its path because everybody wants to throw something in there to help them out. You know, I, I want to throw $200 million in here to help do this in my district so I can buy votes for the next election. You know, I want to... I want to throw $10 million in there because we need to replace this bridge. And my cousin's sister's brother has a contracting company that if they get the contract, they'll throw me a little bit of money back at some point in the future. You know, it. we've got to find some way to stop this grift. I mean, it. who among us can suddenly afford another $2,000 a year in taxes? I can't. I absolutely know I can't. You know, I mean, yeah, I guess person would adjust, but it would certainly create a lot of financial hardship for people. And, you know, the privacy concerns of it, are they going to say mandate that every new vehicle has to have a GPS device in it that tracks mileage? And, you know, is it going to be at the end of the year, you print something out off your vehicle and take that mileage in there? Or is it going to be that, that's trackable by a government agency that now not only do they know how many miles you drove, they know where you drove when you were there. They know every little detail of your movements that that yields back, harkens back to this contract tracing crap that they were trying to, you know, get on everybody's phones without them realizing it was there during all the COVID mess. There's they're trying to get where we have no privacy in this country. Absolutely not. They want to know everything you do. They want to know every little financial transaction, you know, as evidenced by this $600 or higher balance bank account reporting bullshit. It's, It's turning into more and more of a surveillance state. You know, now they want to know how many miles you drive your vehicle. And if it's tracked by GPS, they want to know where you went when you were there. You know, I mean only thing they're not going to know is exactly what you did when you were there. But if they can track all your financial tracks and transactions, they have a pretty good idea. We, at some point have to understand that one of the things that is under siege in this country is our privacy. And the reason that our privacy is under siege is if you invade people's privacy enough, they're, they're not able to, to plan anything. They're not able, you know, it allows you more control over them. The more you know about everything people do, the more you control their lives. And that's what government has come to in this country is we just, you know, they want more and more control over our lives. And a lot of people just aren't smart enough to realize that and aren't smart enough to be upset by it. We've got to contact our elected representatives and let them know that this is not something that is feasible. You know, not even as a pilot program, because the pilot program is the forming of the snowball. That's all it amounts to. Then they see revenue. They say, okay, we need to do this to everybody. And all of a sudden, 100 million vehicles in this country or more have this tracking software in them. All of a sudden, everybody in this country is paying, you know, $1,000, $1,500 a year, $2,000 in additional taxes. Well, that creates a hell of a revenue stream, you know, and, you know, that's just like all their garbage of, 
you know, they say that they need to generate revenue and oh, the top 1% don't pay their share. You know, Biden tweeted that out, that he's tired of the, the wealthy getting a free ride. Well, just to give you an idea, almost half of the taxes in this country are paid by the top 1% of wage earners in this country. So it's not near as disparate as you think. And all the people claiming we need more revenue because the top 1% are, you know, wealthy people aren't paying their share. That's all the same people that have had 25, 30, 40 years to fix the tax code. People aren't using loopholes. Loopholes indicate that it's something, you know, sketchy and illegal or borderline illegal. They're literally using the tax codes that were written by the very same people that piss and moan because they claim this particular demographic doesn't pay enough taxes. Well, how's this one going to work? You know, I mean, I have to drive, you know, from here to there. My wife has to drive to and from work, you know, and that's most people. Most people have to travel to work. What you'll see is you'll see things like a lot of people using ATVs, things like that. If they live somewhere rural and it's fairly close to work and they can go back roads, well, that ATV that you bought off the guy down the road that doesn't have a title with it, you can ride that to and from work all you want. And is it going to be any titled vehicle that this applies to? You know, if you go buy a new four wheeler and you got to put a title on it, well, now are you going to have to pay taxes on every mile that you spend riding that thing through the woods when you're out hunting or playing? You know, uh, I mean, miles are miles, you know, are, are they going to expect you to that nice new boat that you went and bought because you like to take your family to the lake? Are they going to expect a GPS to track miles on it and expect you to pay taxes on it? Well, you can pretty much bet at some point it'll come to that because they're not going to pass up any chance to generate some additional revenue. And that's just the way our government is. We need money in our piggy bank and well, you're where we get it. So let's make sure we contact our representatives and senators and let them know, you know, that we don't see this as viable. This is too much an invasion of privacy. This is too much a tax on rural people. It's a specialized tax designed to penalize a specific population demographic. Taxes shouldn't be discriminatory. And that's that's 100% what this is. So let's make sure we get out there and you know, write those letters, make those phone calls. Let's make our voices heard on this and let our elected representatives know that this is not something that can come to pass. It just absolutely is not. Something else I kind of wanted to mention was, you know, this little phenomenon sweeping the country at various sporting venues. The, the F Joe Biden chance, which I have very mixed feelings about one side of me finds it absolutely hilarious because, you know, when Donald Trump was in office, people said that commonly, you know, they thought it was just all right. Now I do think that it's a little over the top when you're at a sporting venue where people's kids are present and things like that to be, to be chanting something like this out loud. So, I mean, I, I have mixed feelings about it, you know, but at the end of the day, I guess I'd have to say my prevailing feeling is I find it amusing. And what's really amusing about it is how the media has tried to avoid covering it and tried to, to kind of sweep it under the rug, you know, to the point that, and this, I, I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. NBC was doing an interview with Brandon Brown 
after a NASCAR race and in the background, you can hear the crowd and you can hear them clear as a bell. I mean, there is absolutely no ambiguity to it. You cannot mistake it. They are literally chanting, fuck Joe Biden. And this reporter, and once again, I can't make this up. While this chant's going on, the camera pans to the crowd and she comments that she can hear the chants of let's go, Brandon. And I mean, I admit I admire her specific dedication to being that stupid to think people might actually believe that because you can hear it on camera clear as well. Nice try to spin it. I, I give you credit for that, you know, but, but good grief. It wasn't even close. You know, it sounded nothing like let's go Brandon, but I promise you, you'll see that used on social media as a joke in place of the F Joe Biden, you know, which rightfully it should happen. And she should be absolutely laughed away for trying something that transparent and that stupid to try to claim that was let's go Brandon. But I have kind of mixed feelings about this, but I think it's interesting that, you know, the most popular candidate in presidential election history won by the largest margin ever and sports venues all over the country and gatherings. And, you know, you're hearing this chanted. People are just so, so terribly upset about the horrible border policies and, you know, the, the ridiculous lies about how they're not going to tax the middle class and, well, they're trying to tax the ever-loving shit out of the middle class. You know, the guy can't go on stage and form five coherent sentences without a teleprompter. He literally pissed France off to the point that in the first time in history, France recalled its ambassador to the United States. That first time in history. So... I understand where the chants are coming from and I'm, I'm kind of here for it. You know, like I said, I think there are times that it may be a little much because if you're in a sports venue and people have got their, you know, single digit age kids there, I think that's a little, little crass, but at the end of the day, I kind of see where it comes from too, you know, that people are fed up. You know, we were told one thing we were, you know, told we're not going to raise taxes on the middle class. That was that was one of his big campaign points. Is if you make under four hundred thousand dollars, I'm not going to raise your taxes. Well, inflation itself, which we have seen go rampant, is a tax on you know lower income Americans because it it affects them more. It it matters if you make twenty five thousand dollars a year, the price of groceries makes them means a lot more to you than it does to somebody that makes 250,000. It just, it's a larger percentage of your income. And so that, you know, and that, that traces back to the supply chain issues we've talked about, you know, the sudden new dependence on foreign oil again, causing a huge spike in gas prices. Well, I can't call it a spike. I can call it a jump because a spike usually goes up and then prices come back down and the comeback down part just hasn't happened so i understand where people are coming from and why they feel this way it i feel that way you know i mean the guy was he wasn't elected he was selected and he is absolutely running this country into the ground so at the end of the day if people in a public venue want to holler joe biden well power to him i say go for it and the interesting part is you see some of these people you know leftists these fringe media people and these really bad democratic shills 
trying to claim, well, it may be illegal to publicly chant fuck Joe Biden. Uh, no, it's not. It may not be in the best taste, but it's legal. You can do it. We have this thing in this country called the First Amendment. And one of the reasons we have the First Amendment is to ensure that we have the right to criticize government when government steps out of line. I guess at the end of the day, you know, if you paid for your ticket and you're in a section where people want to chant F Joe Biden, I'm, I'm all for it. I do what you want to do. We, we have that freedom in this country, you know, and I think it may be a little bit in poor taste at times, but I think it's kind of people have the right to express their opinion and their displeasure with elected officials. And well, that's certainly a way to leave no doubt about how you feel, you know, Something else I wanted to talk about is these moving goalposts that they keep having with all this COVID nonsense. You know, they, you know, you, you needed to have two, two shots to be fully vaccinated. And all of a sudden now they're coming out and saying, well, you're not going to be considered fully vaccinated if you have three, unless you have three shots. Well, then it's going to be four, then it's going to be five. And you know, these pharmaceutical companies are sitting back here watching this. And I mean, it, it's porn to them. You know, they're looking going, we're going to have customers for life. We're going to, people are going to have to get a booster every six months or nine months or once a year. So all of a sudden they don't care where money comes from. They don't care if it's taxpayer dollars through the government. They don't care if it's out of your pocket. They don't give a rat's ass. As long as the money keeps flowing, that's what they care about. That's all they care about. And, you know, the government is basically handing them a blank check. I mean, they're basically saying, we're going to give you whatever it takes to keep this going. And unfortunately, people fall for it. You know, they now these vaccine mandates, they're they're firing healthcare workers in the middle of a pandemic. You don't do that. That tells you it's all politics. It's all virtue signaling. It's all bullshit. You know, we're not going to fire literally thousands of healthcare workers if things were this bad. And the fact that these healthcare workers, a lot of them, you know, 20, 25 year veterans of the healthcare industry are willing to lose their job because they will not take this vaccination. That should tell us something. These are people in hospitals. These are people that see you know, the cases among the vaccinated, the cases among the unvaccinated, they see the effects of what happens. They see people come in because something went wrong right after being vaccinated. They see what happens when people are vaccinated. They see things you and I don't. You know, they have, have information that the general public doesn't have, and they're literally willing to lose a career over not wanting this crap in their body. That should tell us a lot. That should That's one of the best, boldest, and most or should be most informative statements of this entire mess is that people who have worked their entire life in healthcare are willing to lose their job, lose their career over not being willing to take this vaccination. And now we've got dumbass the garden gnome, also known as Anthony Fauci coming out and you know he went on face the nation and was asked the question, are people going to be able to gather for Christmas? And I don't know why they ask him because I don't need Anthony Fauci's permission. I'm going to gather with my family for Christmas. And if they don't like it, well, there's this little hump right below my spine that they're more welcome, more than welcome to pucker up and kiss. But 
he said it's too soon to tell. Well, in the last two weeks, COVID cases have dropped 33%. Folks, it's over. I'm over it. The thing being, since COVID cases have dropped significantly in the last two weeks, be watching for it. It's coming. The next variant. Oh, this one's this one's deadlier. This one's more transmissible. It has a you know a higher infection rate. It has. They're not going to let it go. You know it. It's still all about control. They're not going to let it go. And I hate to tell you, I'm getting together with my family for Christmas. And anybody that doesn't like it, well, that's on them. That's not on me. I'm over it. It's done. Go on with your lives, people. You know, you look at in Europe. Norway, Sweden, and Denmark have all basically said they're going to treat COVID like the flu. They're going to open their country up. They're going to do what they want. They're going to live their lives. They're not going to have vaccine passports. They're not going to have any of this bullshit. They're going to live their lives. Well, let's do that in this country, folks. You know, I mean, yeah, the government can claim that they can impose all these mandates and they can force us to do this and they can force us to do that. But at the end of the day, go out, live your life. Go say hi to your neighbor. Go on that vacation you wanted to go on. Go do what you want to do. It's over. And the only way it can truly be over, we end it. The government's not going to. We end it. We live our lives. We quit being in fear. We make it clear that we're we're not going to do it anymore. We're done. We're fed up. We're full. You know, it's, it's over. Something I decided to do, we're going to start closing our show out slightly different. We're going to start doing a section at the end called Twittiots of the Week. And this is people who have tweeted things that were so ignorant and so stupid that they deserve recognition for it. You know, this is people that you look at it and without even realizing it's happening, your eyes cross. You look and you go, no way. You know, this is just stupid and a lot of it's political theater it's disingenuous bullshit that people say just because it's sensational and there are idiots that will believe them and our first nomination for our first winner of a twittiot of the week award is somebody you've seen all over social media he's one of the most annoying unflushable turds in the face of the earth and it's come out you know not too long ago that he's being paid for the bullshit that he tweets and that's this guy that we know is Brooklyn Dad Defiant. And he tweeted out yesterday, what kind of shitty country gives more rights to guns than to women? Now, let's explore the stupidity of this tweet. Let's, one, you can take your wife anywhere. You're allowed to take your wife into the bank. You're allowed to take your wife to the theater. You're allowed to take your wife on an airplane in a hospital. At no point do you have to put your wife in checked luggage and fill out a form declaring that you are traveling with your wife. This is stupid political theater. Sadly, there are people who fall for this. Sadly, there are people who, you know, think these anti-abortion bills and, you know, these crap about how, Vaginas are more regulated than guns are. I'm pretty sure, and as bad as this sounds, vaginas are not more regulated than guns. Folks, you can go to any meat market bar and you can pick up a vagina without a background check. 
yeah, that sounds terrible, but you know, it just, it addresses the level of stupidity of these people that think that somehow guns have more rights than, than women do. And that is the most disingenuous, intellectually lazy, asinine, moronic statement in the world. You know, it just, it makes no damn sense to anyone other than the David Hoggs and Shannon Watts and well, Brooklyn dad defiance of the world that one have no understanding in the real world of how many regulations there are on guns, you know, how, how over-regulated that is, how many rules and regulations and laws that we as gun owners have to deal with just to go buy a gun. Our second twittiot of the week is if you're from Pennsylvania, especially the Philadelphia area, I'm sure you've heard of him. He's representative Chris Rabb. He represents Pennsylvania's 200th legislative district. And he determined that I guess he wanted to be completely stupid. And he tweeted out that he's introducing a bill that requires all inseminators. Now, inseminators, I'm assuming this is the new idiot term for men because men are the ones that inseminate someone but that they would be required to undergo a vasectomy within six weeks of having their third child or their 40th birthday. Now, this idiot is absolutely trying to equate this to making it equal, you know, this Texas heartbeat bill and these states that have passed some restrictive abortion legislation, which they need to have, you know, and he thinks that this is somehow equating to this. This is creating equality. This is, we're going to force you to go get a vasectomy. Well, you know, there's, they say that women should have a choice. Well, women make their choice. If you choose, and I, I by all means think that, you know, if a woman gets pregnant, the man that was involved should be responsible. He should, whether they are together or not, he should help support that child. He should, you know, he should be part of their life. But you're, this is just the biggest false equivalency in the world, you know, that this is, and he's tying to it, you know, the fact that the one thing I disagree with, with the Texas law is the civilian enforcement of it, that it's incumbent upon civilians. If they see this law being violated, they can file a lawsuit against the provider. And I don't necessarily like that part of it, but he's adding to this a reward for people that report people to the law that don't get their vasectomy after their third child or their 40th birthday. This is the dumbest virtue signal bullshit I have seen in our government. And that's saying something that that's not an easy title to win. So congratulations, Chris Rabb. You are a twittiot of the week. Well, that's going to be our show for this evening. And, Appreciate you tuning in and listening to my rambling. And if you like what you hear, you know, tell a friend. If you don't like what you hear, tell me. I can be reached on Twitter at Redneck Ranch Pod. I can be reached on Gmail at rantingrednecpod at gmail.com. And I may not like what you have to say, but I'll certainly read it and listen to it because this is supposed to be inter- informative and entertaining. And hopefully I'm doing that. But if I'm not, feel free to let me know. If you like it, follow us on your favorite podcast app. And Let your friends know to tune in. That's our show, and thanks for listening.